name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Hello, beautiful friends. I'm Natalie. And I'm Claudine. And welcome to the very first episode of Shokran Very Much, the podcast. And this week, we're talking about the struggles of prayer. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the very first Shukram Very Much Monday. I'm really looking forward to today's episode, not only because it's our very first episode, but because, like Natalie said, we're going to discuss something that I personally need to learn all I possibly can about, which is prayer. But we're going to focus on the most relatable thing about prayer, which is how we struggle with it, and what we can do to get over those struggles, or at least try to get over them. I'm also really excited about our first speaker this week, because he's legendary and really fun to talk to, and now all of you get to hear him share his wisdom. Our guest today is David Awada. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> too hey, much David. hype, too much hype. How was your week, David? <laughs> Fantastic, living the dream every day. David, we're going to start with an icebreaker, just like we always do. Let's break it. Okay. <laughs> I love this. Melt it. Okay, <laughs> David, what would the title of your autobiography be? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out... Uh, in OG, one of my fathers for this one, it's one of his go-to jokes. I think the title would be Humility and How I Attained It. That's the title of my, that's the title of my autobiography. Feel free to check it out. This is 100% an endorsement. All proceeds go to me. So We're here to talk about the struggles of prayer. And I think one of the main questions, I mean, is why is prayer really hard to like prioritize? Because I think a lot of times it's like, I will try to skip on prayer, mm-hmm. skip on prayer, um, because I just, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I have, like, homework to do. Might as well do that tomorrow. I'll do it. And I think it was really hard for me to pray because I'm such, like, a visual person that I really thought it was hard for me to, like, visualize, like, God in front of me as I'm talking to him because I feel like I was just talking to, like, a wall. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, why is it, like, such a hard thing to pray? I think I'm going to preface this entire episode by just telling you guys that I'm not an expert on prayer. Um, I think I'm sure there's a perception that certain people that we know have it put together and that they understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not one of those people. And I think the most important thing for us to understand is that everyone struggles, right? I think there's a misconception that struggle means you're not doing it right. And I think it's the complete opposite. I think the fact that you are struggling means that you're on the right path, right? Like we know that. We know that if it's easy, then anyone can do it. And that's not always how it goes, right? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as I was thinking about that word struggle, uh, I'm going to throw in some Coptic here. We say in a lot of the um, doxologies for some of the martyrs, like St. George, right? We say for his doxology, piatloforos um, and martyros, right? Mm-hmm. And that w- that word piatloforos in Coptic, if you look at the English translation, we say pray to the Lord on our behalf. Struggle bearer. Oh, struggle bearer and martyr, my Lord, Prince St. George, that he may forgive us our sins. But if you look at some other translations in the English, it says pray to the Lord on our behalf, O victorious martyr. My Lord, Prince St. George, that he may forgive us our sins. And it can mean struggle bearer, and it also translates to victorious, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when I learned that, the, the victory that we're talking about is the struggle. 
the fact that St. George struggled oh. and these saints struggled is how they won. That's how yeah. they were victorious. That's what makes them saints, right? Yeah. So I think the struggle is everything. It should be hard. It should be something that, you know, you have to fight for and, and work hard and put in effort because that means you value it and it means something. Anything worth having as life is is something that you have to struggle for. Basically, what you're trying to say is like struggling. We shouldn't be like ashamed of our struggles or feel like struggling means I should like I've heard people say this before and I've heard people be like I've tried a lot and I've struggled and so and it's not working and it's not getting better so I'm just gonna stop yeah and and that's a thing is that there's never there's never like a a ceiling to our relationship with God mm -hmm. there's never like a, I've I've banked enough nights of prayer that I'm good to go you know like I banked enough for a lifetime like I saved up in like a 401k of prayer, like retirement. Now I've like, I'm good to go. I can live off of my bank of prayer. Like prayer is not something that we do. Prayer is a lifestyle, right? It's yeah. like the heartbeat of our entire spiritual life. I heard something beautiful um, that one of my servants used to tell us growing up. And he says, your prayer life is a direct reflection of how much you love God. Because think about what prayer is, right? Let's just define that. Like what is prayer? Prayer is just communicating or spending time with God right? And it's not like a one way to do it kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like we know that Christ is the way, but there's so many different ways to the way. So I think that's a big thing when it comes to prayer is that we feel that if we don't do it this one specific way, then we're failing, right? Yeah. So what do you think those different ways are? Oh man, so many different ways. Um, actually, let me read you guys uh, this beautiful quote from... Uh, Sister Ruth Burrow. <laughs> she says, um, this is Sister Ruth Burrows. Uh, I believe she's a Catholic. She's a Catholic nun. Don't quote me. I have to double check, but I read a lot <laughs> of her stuff. She says, the moan, and then in quotes, I cannot pray is nonsense. All it means is that I cannot perform to my satisfaction. Always we can put ourselves in our Lord's presence. A presence unfelt, unseen, but known by faith ourselves just as we are upset weary feeling utterly unspiritual totally unresponsive to divine things which seem but fairy tales just as we are we pray in our poverty and our sinfulness crippled dumb and blind and we stay there affirming our faith humbly trustingly under god's loving gaze we don't wait for the moment when we feel spiritual again more ready for prayer our lord wants you just as you are always right mm -hmm. so like yeah what is like what is she saying like we always make this excuse of like i can't pray right like i know natalie mentioned earlier and this is this is me I st everyone still struggles you don't you don't defeat this right where you stand and you feel like i feel like i'm talking to a wall like yeah. where's god where who am i talking to where's the conversation it feels so one way right and she's saying the effort in prayer that's the only thing you can control to say that i can't pray is crazy why can't you pray because uh, you're depressed or because you're angry or because life is going well all of these things are not reasons to avoid prayer they're reasons to pray yeah right mm -hmm. like what do you what do you want if you're if you're having a hard time and, and like you said you're sad right who who better to take it to than the one who says when you were in the womb i knew you the hairs of your head are numbered you take it to god and if you're having the best day in the world right like it's like you have a best friend, right? You're like one of your friends. Yeah. Whenever anything happens in your life, big or small, the most annoying detail that they're like, I don't care, like I don't have time for this. You run and you tell them, right? I got my hair done today. 
or like I hate this 8 a.m. class I don't want to go or I failed my exam or like my brother and I are arguing again or I want ice cream and they're like you called me to tell me you want ice cream <laughs> what yeah. am I supposed to do I, about yeah it? what do you want me to do with that right <laughs> but that's not God's reaction God wants to know every detail and every small thing in our lives there's nothing that he's gonna you're gonna take to him and he's gonna be like great wow dave thank you for wasting my time telling me that you don't want to be up for work at 6 a.m right? that's the amazing thing about god yeah yeah he meets us exactly where we are and that's what sister ruth burroughs is saying she's saying just as you are right now come to him right mm -hmm. he's not going to turn you away because you're not in a good mood or because you know you're angry or or you have too much sin those are all barriers that the devil tries to have us build for ourselves so that we can approach God. But God is saying, you're my daughter, you're my son. You can come to me anytime you want. You're, you're dads, right? Have you ever <laughs> asked, like, when you guys want something from your dad, like say you want mm -hmm. like 20 bucks, right? And yeah. you're like, dad, like, I wanna go buy this new, I don't know what you guys are buying. I, I wanna go buy this. Shoes. <laughs> I wanna go buy these new shoes, these dunks. <laughs> Everyone loves dunks now. I wanna go buy these dunks, right? Yeah. What is, what is he gonna say to you? No. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. <laughs> Honestly, that waste of money. That's true. But say you, you need something, right? It's like something, you know, like, Dad, I want to go get, like, food with my friends today. What is he going to tell you? Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Take whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go into my pocket, reach into my pocket, and there's a stack of money. Pull out whatever you want and go get what you want. <laughs> it's the exact same way with God. He's our father. What kind of dad, if it's for, our, for, for their children's benefit, is going to say no? What kind of father would do that? Yeah. But we make that barrier with God. God is the exact same way. You tell him, God, please, like, I need you in this problem in my life. I need this thing from you. And if God, like any loving father, sees that it's good, what is he going to say? Go into my pocket and take whatever you want. Just like he told the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, he said, all that I have is yours. Everything is yours. So... Um, kind of on the topic, on the way how God kind of answers our prayers, um, in second grade, uh, like, I, I went to, like, a Protestant school, <laughs> so, we, so, like, during, like, Bible time, we had, like, a little traffic light, and it was, like, red, yellow, and green, so green meant that God was going to answer right away, and was going to make it clear, like, mm. yes, like, you're right, red was, like, nope, that's not good for you, and God obviously knows what's better for us, and yellow is, like, that's cool, but maybe later. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was like kind of on the topic of how. I think that's a cool visual. Yeah. Yeah. Second grade me is like, whoa. Yeah, for second graders <laughs> to be able to kind of visualize like God's response to Yeah. I think that's cool. I, I don't think, and I mean, I'm not that old. I know you guys think I'm old because I'm, You're I'm not 27. Old. But you, I can always get told that I'm old because I'm <laughs> serving high school kids. But I think, uh, and these aren't my high school kids. These are my friends, just so you guys know. But Aww. I think, uh, I think. <laughs> I don't think God says no to us genuinely, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love that visual because I was just going to tell you that God only has two answers. Yes, which is the green light. Yeah. And yes, but not like this and not right now, um, which is the yellow light, right? Yeah. There's no red, right? Yeah. If it's something good, because a lot of times we want things. And I heard this, the best prayers are the ones that don't get answered because we look back and we're like wow thank god i didn't get that thing that i wanted thank god i didn't go to this school or end up in that relationship or befriend that group because it would have been so bad for me i didn't see it in the moment but now that time has passed and i've seen how things have played out man like god thank god he really protected me um 
I also think that we limit, like, okay, so God, if we have a request or something, or we're like, here's an issue, and, like, I need you to solve it, and then we say, okay, but solve it this way, like, we really limit, like, his power when we request a certain way of solving the problem. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we should learn to be more like, hey, I have this issue, and just leave it there, instead of being like, can you solve it this way? And then, like, fill in the blank. Instead of being our own gods? And going to him and oh. and standing to pray and saying, God, I have this problem in my life. Like, please, Lord, like, I need your help. Help me get into, like, college. But, like, this one. Yeah. This is the only place I want to go. If you give me something else, it's cool. Like, whatever, I guess. But, like, just so you know, this is what you want to give me. This is what you want. I, I think at that point, are we actually talking to God? Or are we just standing there to check a box as a formality? And we're just talking to ourselves, right? Yeah. It's funny that you brought that up because I was listening to uh, Abuna Matan Maskeen, or for you non-Arabic speakers, Father Matthew the Poor. And um, there's a lot of sermons that he has, or like short clips on YouTube, uh, where he speaks in Arabic, but there's really well transcribed or, or translated English uh, subtitles. And he says that, just like along the lines of what you brought up, Claudine, he says that one of the biggest problems we have in prayer is that we go to God sporadically. We'll go once when we need something big and then we'll disappear for a month or three or a week until there's another big hurdle that we can't climb over ourselves. And then we'll go again and say, God, please, right? Like, help me get into this college again. And then like, cool, like things will go well, I'm done. I won't talk to him for a little bit. And then maybe six months in, I start failing. And I'm like, God, please help me pass this. And then a little while later, someone gets sick. And I say, God, please, like, I need that. And he's saying, he says, that's that's not that's not a relationship. That's not prayer, right? He likens it. He gives this example of saying, that's like, you know, God's house, right? Saying, imagine you have God's house, just like it's your home. We said he's your father. Mm -hmm. He said, praying like that is like trying to sneak into God's house breaking through a window or like climbing a ladder trying to go in through the second story every now and then trying to steal something and leave and he says who who talks to their father like that who goes every like so often you're so ashamed and you shouldn't be right because there's no shame when you go just go to pray but it's almost like you're stealing like you're a robber like you're just going every like three months they don't even know who you are as opposed to coming through the front door right it's your house it's your dad's house coming through the front door every day just like you do at home and you see your parents and you live with them and you spend time with them. And like, sometimes you're sitting on the couch doing nothing and you're like, wow, this is, you're like, maybe this might be boring and you're just spending time with each other. Like, I'm sure you guys are, you guys are friends. You guys spend time with each other. You don't need to be talking all the time. You just be in each other's presence. We don't, we, we expect to go to God in our emergencies and he, he needs to show up for us, right? Like, I have something big in my life. God, I need you. I need you to show up for me in this this sickness. Whatever problem I have, whatever I ask for. But once that's done, okay, like, I don't need you anymore. I've heard in Abuna say it's kind of like a vending machine. 100%. You go up, and you get what you want, and you leave. And you come back, you get what you want, and you leave. Yeah. You go in, you get... But he's like, that's... That's not... Like you said, that's not a relationship. That's the big word. Yeah, and he said it's, like, hypocritical because you're like, oh... When I pray, like Natalie said, I feel like I'm praying to a wall. Like, I wish I could hear God, like, talking to me. Like, well, you don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's so real. And I think, you know, because I know you guys are saying, what are some of the biggest struggles in prayer? Right? You hit the first one. I feel like I'm talking to myself. 
right? Yeah. It's like you and like a stranger that you've never met. You know, there's this this analogy that I have of, you know, when Christ asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? Like, what do the people say about me? They're like, oh, some think that you're Elijah or, or like a prophet, right? And then he's like, okay, cool. That's what everybody thinks. What do you think? What do you think? Who do you say that I am? Which is like, we listen to these things and it just glance over them because we hear them so much in church and we talk about it in meetings and all these things. But God is asking every single one of us this really heavy question. Who do you say that I am? All this stuff around us, what people say, the what people see of us, right? Like our image publicly, all that means nothing. It's just me and you. God is saying it's it's me and you. Who do you say that I am? Because I, I, I can see through all of this theater that's going on. I see straight to your heart. You can't lie to me. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to everyone around you, but you can't lie to me. Who do you say that I am? And for some of us, like I, I struggle, I'm not gonna sit here and say, have it all put together. It's, you're the vending machine that I go and I look for what I want and I press B2 <laughs> and I wait for something to come out. And if I don't get what I want or the machine's not working, like Archie tells us, Archie Mark, uh, what do I do when I don't get what I want from the vending machine? I start kicking it and shoving it and moving it all around and, and, and I'm like, yo, where's my, where's my stuff? I came and I did the things. I pushed the button. I put the money in. Where's my stuff? I said the words. I said all the like, our father, thank you, blah, blah, blah. People didn't come this week, comes next week. Where's people in the hospital? Like, how the people in the hospital? Where's, where's the stuff? Like, I did my part. I came and repeated all these words. What are you doing? Where's the answer to my prayer? And when God doesn't answer, we start kicking at the machine and shaking it and getting violent. And the security guard is like, yo, 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 what are you doing? And you're like, I put in a dollar into this dumb machine and it didn't give me what I asked for. That's not how a transaction works. I paid. Where's what I deserve? Yeah, but we're not in a transaction with God. <laughs> we're not in a transaction with God, right? It's a relationship. Yeah. So um, I think that mindset is one of the biggest struggles in prayer, right? That like I went, I asked for something. It didn't work. What the heck? This is dumb. This doesn't work. And I think prayer is not about what we receive, right? Like it's, I, I don't go because I'm going to, like, I feel like I'm going to push the button and get something out of it, right? I go for him. Like you said, it's not a transaction, it's a relationship. I go because I love him and I want to spend time with him. Um, and that's like the ultimate form of prayer, right? Like the fathers say that like, don't, don't wait until you absolutely love God to pray, go. If that's all you have to offer, if, if you're just gonna go and, and pray, start there, right? There's like different levels to prayer, but that's the ultimate goal of what we're shooting for. I go because I love you and I want to spend time with you. So how do you think we can overcome some of those struggles? Because I'll just say the only thing I have written down and I'll let you go from there. Because I know that we always talk about quiet time or like private prayer. Yeah. And how I used to um, try to like get myself into the habit of praying every day is I would like stand up and pray with my family. That way I had people to keep me accountable, which oh, is important. Same. Yeah. But I, I went to my father's confession and he told me like, that's great and all, but you need to have your own personal prayer life. Like that's... Mm very important for you to start off with that and I was like I didn't understand what he meant by that and then I was like reading the Bible and I just realized how many times in the Bible they say oh and Jesus went off like alone to pray Jesus went off alone to so it's like I like just have three written down but there's a gazillion I think <laughs> gazillion <laughs> it's like and in the morning a great while before the day he rose and went out to a lonely place where he prayed and then and after he had taken leave of them he went up on the mountain to pray 
And these days he went into the hills to pray and all all night he continued to pray. Like he just always praying and he always prayed. alone. He prayed. <laughs> um, what do you think the importance is of personal prayer or quiet time? Or every, every time something big happens in the Bible, in the gospels, every time we see Christ do something big, he leaves. He goes and he prays, right? Either before or after. He's either alone before or he, or he goes somewhere after. That's always how he does it. When he fed the, the 5,000, mm -hmm. he left, right? Gethsemane, when he's praying, right? Every time he does something big, he isolates and he prays, like you said. And this is Emmanuel, right? God with us. This is this is God praying. Does he need to pray? He's, he's giving us the guidelines. He's showing us this is how you have a relationship, mm -hmm. right? I think there's two types of prayer, like the pillars of our, our spiritual life. There's communal prayer, right? Which is like you're talking about, like we go to liturgy and we pray together. Liturgy, which translates like the actual Greek, work of the people. Together collectively, we the people, the body of Christ, we come together and we pray. We come, we go to Bible studies, we go to youth meetings and we encourage each other, right? We know from scripture when one member suffers, we all suffer together, right? And when we rejoice, we rejoice together. So we build each other up. It's communal prayer. That's a big part of it. The church in her wisdom knows that we need each other. Again, we know the enemy, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whomever he may devour. I need help. I can't do it alone, mm -hmm. right? I need good Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. I need good friends that are iron, that are going to keep me accountable and help me along my path to Christ, right? Um... So that's communal prayer. I think a lot of us stop there, but that's one side of it. You need both sides, right? The other side is my personal prayer. Individual, me and God, no one else. He says, uh, we, we read, you know, the first Sunday, I know you guys are gonna probably bring this up, the first Sunday, the prep week for Lent, we read Matthew 6, talking about when we pray. And Christ says, when you pray, go into your room and close your door. I, I don't know if you can spell it out any simpler for us. I can translate it into modern terms. Turn off your phone, leave it outside. Get rid of anything that's gonna distract you. Go into your room, lock your door, find your, your space, your prayer corner, this place where you set up. My father confession is so big on this and he, he's like ingrained this in all of our minds in my spiritual father. And designate a place where you're not gonna do anything else. You're not going to watch Netflix here. You're not going to study here. You're not going to take food or, or like walk with your shoe. You're not going to do it. This is sacred ground. This is sacred ground. This is where I'm going to go and meet God every day and go in there and pray to your father. Go spend time with him, right? That's like the foundation of your relationship with God. It needs to be one-on-one. -on -one. That should be the like 90%, the 80%, the majority of our relationship. Because we go to church, what? Most of us go to one liturgy a week on Sunday. And then we have like a youth meeting or Sunday school. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how many hours is that? Liturgy. I know, I know communion takes a long time here. Liturgy is like what? Like <laughs> we, we're here for like three, hours. three and a half hours max. Yeah. I'm being mm -hmm. like yeah. very <laughs> over, I'm estimating a lot like over. Um, youth meeting. It depends if I'm speaking. It'll be like five hours, right? But like, <laughs> if I'm like speaking, it'll be like, like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So overall, let's just say in a weekend, time together we get like five hours or mm -hmm. six hours what about the other five weekdays that i have 24 hours am i just gonna wait until the next week to do it again 
I think that has to do a lot with the relationship you were talking about too. You, if yeah. you, if you're like, okay, so you love someone, you're not gonna visit them once a week. Exactly. You're gonna be like, yo, let's do this. Let's. You're talking to your friends. You're not like. Or talk to them once a week, not visit them. All right, I'll see yeah. you. Uh, uh, let's talk Sunday. next week. Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, what are you doing during <laughs> the week? I'm not spending time with you. I got other things I need to worry about, but don't worry. Like, at this day, you're for my this Sunday hour, friend. you're my only priority. You and whatever notifications pop up, and whatever <laughs> funny things are happening. And, like, sometimes sometimes I'm going to, like, kneel down when it's time yeah. to bow down and fall asleep a little bit. Oh. And as soon as it's the readings come out, I'll pull out my phone and answer text. And they're like, oh, okay. So you don't care about me. Just tell me that. Just be honest. Be real, right? But our individual prayer in our room is i think it's so difficult and i sound so hypocritical talking about it it's so hard to do but it's the essence of your relationship with god right like without it you don't know him there's a big difference between knowing god and knowing about god a lot of people know about god the demons know about him right um people that aren't christian know about christ christ is a historical figure everybody knows about him right but how many people can honestly say that they know him? It's like we're hanging out in our friend group and someone brings one of their friends from school. And like, you know, they bring them into the circle and like they say their name and you meet them and then you spend no time with them, right? And then someone later on comes and asks you, oh, like, hey, do you know so-and-so that uh, Claudine brought with them from school? And you're like, uh, I mean, like kind of. And they're like, what, do you know them or do you not know them? And then you're like, well, like I kind of know them like, they came a few times, like, yeah, as, they're like a mutual like. <laughs> friend. I know what she looks like. I know of her, but I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, I kind of really know her. And they're like, oh, okay, like, when's her birthday? We want to do something for her. And you're like, I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I don't know her like that, right? And sometimes, like, that's the peak of our relationship with God. We know about him. We know of him. We don't know him ourselves. He's a mutual friend, a friend of a friend. Like, I come to church and I go to youth meeting and I hear one of the servants talking about God. And then I go to Sunday school and someone else is talking about God. And then I come to liturgy and Abuna stands up there in front of the altar and he prays to God. And then he comes and gives a sermon and he talks to us about God. And all I've done is watch. just sit there and watch and listen to people talk about him. And I've convinced myself that I know him. But I don't. I just know about him. I've never talked to him myself. We've never had a personal conversation. That's shallow. That's fake, right? Mm -hmm. And when did we see that the most? We saw that during COVID. When COVID hit and everything shut down and the church, like, thank God that it's open now, but the, the doors of the church were closed, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. safe and like, it was just for safety. And everyone was forced to stay in their own house. A lot of us realize that we don't know God, right? We, and don't get me wrong. Again, it's personal prayer and communal prayer. And we need to come and take communion. But we don't know him. We were like, what are we going to do? I don't, I've never done this. Like, where's the sermon where Buna's going to come and tell me all these things? Where's like the sermons where we're going to come? And church has just become a place that we just habitually come and hang out. As opposed to, I'm going to meet Christ with my friends. Mm -hmm. Versus, I'm going to hang out with my friends and like, yeah, God's all, like, that's also like his he's house. There too. He's also there. Like, it's cool. But really, like, I miss all my friends and like, which is fine, but don't forget why you're here. So this communal prayer is an extension of your personal prayer. When you leave here, liturgy, right, work of the people, your prayer doesn't stop. Your prayer is every day with your father of confession. You have a defined personal rule that you've come up with and, and he's given you of how you're going to pray in the morning and at night, whatever. 
whatever it is personally for you. And so when you come here to liturgy, now uh, it's funny because we pray during the liturgy, like all of these responses that no one understands. Things like pray for these holy and precious gifts, our sacrifices and those who bring them. Because in the old times of the liturgy, everybody would bring something. Someone would bring the wine and someone else would bring the bread and someone would bring, can everyone would bring something, right? Mm -hmm. Now we have a luxury. The church has everything, right? But you would offer something to God. We're supposed to be bringing the best version of ourselves in terms of like, I'm not just going to come meet God and then come again next week without being ready. Which said the church is what? We're the body of Christ, right? So if I'm not praying, I'm not working on my relationship with him and I just come, then I do the body a disservice, right? Like I need both hands. One hand can't just be like, oh, I decided that like, I'm not going to exercise and one arm is super buff and the other arm is like never picked up a juice box, right? Yeah. I, need, I need to be balanced. And so if I don't become the person that I'm supposed to become in Christ, the body suffers. Like I have a responsibility in front of God to bring that to the church. And you just do your best. Like you said earlier, like God will meet you where you are. 100%. Like you don't have to, I think you compare a lot. Like you feel like, oh, I have to give just as much as this person's giving, or I have to do this and this to be like a good and faithful servant or whatever. But no. you just have to give what you have. I heard something somewhere where it was like, if you give 10%, uh, if you give 50%, God will give the other 50. Mm -hmm. If you give 40, God will give the other 60. He said, and a lot of the times we're upset that we can only give 10%. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's better because God all of a sudden I'm 90% God. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the laborer who came in the 11th hour got the same wage as the one who came in the first. Yeah. Right. It's just being honest and intentional. And that's the thing. There's, there's a beautiful quote by C.S. Lewis um, about just being authentic, just being real. That's all God wants from us. Right. You're talking about like how much like what you say and like what you bring and all these things. God just wants us to be real. Just don't be fake with me. Like be real. He says, may it be the real I who speaks talking about prayer. Like, I just want to stand in front of you and be raw and authentic. I don't want to put on a mask. I want you to see me and for me to show you exactly who I am. That's, that's prayer. That's what God wants from us. I had a bad day today, right? I go to him and I fall to my knees and I break down just like I would break down to my friend and I vent and I cry and say, today was a horrible day. This happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me. And then maybe I'm having an amazing day and I passed like my exam that I thought I was going to fail and I got a really great grade and I run to him and I say like, it's like you go to your dad, Bubba, look, like I, <laughs> I can't believe it. Like I did, I did well on my exam. Like I'm so happy. Then maybe some days it's like, I don't want to talk today. I just, I'm not feeling in a mood where like I want to have a conversation. Let's just let's just sit together. Like I don't want to talk. I'm just gonna sit with you. I just kind of want to be with someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? All prayer. That's what we're talking about when we say many different ways to the way. I just go. I show up, and that's what love does. You love know, shows up, right? Mm -hmm. Saint Isaac the Syrian said the highest form of prayer is to stand silently in awe before God. Mm. And that's kind of like the concept of like quiet time that you just sit there quietly, but you still feel like you did something. There's a lot of things that we don't consider prayer because it's not the traditional you standing in a corner in your room in front of an icon being like our father who are in heaven. Like 
prayer can come in many forms, like you said. But you can struggle in the many forms of prayer. Like they're based on the form of prayer you're trying to practice, there's different kinds of struggles. But what do you think are the fruits that can come from struggle in prayer, no matter oh, what struggles they are? The fruits that can come so much so much comes everything stems from prayer. Everything, right? Prayer in itself is like when I think about it, what's more humbling than when a situation, I'm talking about like the big things, big situation that's out of your hands, right? Someone told me, uh, I heard this in a talk a few weeks ago from a buddy from New York who said, we're all just one diagnosis away from falling on our knees, falling down to our knees, right? Something big that's out of our hands. There's nothing that I can do. And when I have no options, when I just have to just hope things go well, I go and I stand in front of him. What's more humbling than that? Prayer going to him and acknowledging that like, I cannot fix this. I am not in control. This is in your hands, right? Mm -hmm. I'm limited. You are unlimited. I'm weak. You are strong. Like you can do everything. Humility comes from prayer. Perseverance, right? Patience. Knowing that like patience, I don't patience. feel it. Big patience where like, who's there? I don't know. Faith, long-suffering, love comes from prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Constancy. Some people confuse constancy with consistency. Constancy is like consistency is like, I'm going to do this all the time. Constancy just shows up, showing up, right? For God. Every, imagine, think of any virtue and you can find its root in prayer. Pride, like you're trying to fight pride and trying to get humility, pray, right? Everything comes from prayer because prayer is talking to God and God gives everything. All good things come from him. All these virtues that we're talking about, they're all just characteristics of Christ. So when I want something or I want to be like someone, I spend a lot of time with them, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll go and pray and spend time with him. Prayer is where I talk to God. Prayer <laughs> is where I talk to God. And when I read my Bible and whatever spiritual books, I'm a big fan of reading. I know this is not our topic, but like, I think the church fathers and like contemporaries, we have so much amazing literature to read out there. And I don't think we take advantage of it enough, but like most importantly, our Bible is where God speaks to us. So sometimes we're like, oh, I can't hear him. What is he saying? Well, it's only you talking, hmm. right? Yeah. Be consistent and, and commit to being willing to sit with your Bible and, and follow whatever reading plan you have with your father of confession and read. Don't like open your Bible and point at like a random page at a verse and be like, oh, God says this. All right. That's what I'm doing. I don't know what that yeah. means. Right. <laughs> but like, that's how God speaks to us. This I is not the Old that. Testament. I used to do that. When I was young. And then yeah, I told like, Abuna. Uh, and Abuna was like, no, no, no. That's not how Stop that doing that. Yeah, she opens like a random yeah. verse. And it's like, Abraham begot Isaac. And Isaac begot Jacob. And she's like, what does that mean? What do I do? I think my son's name's going to be Jacob. <laughs> but that's not what it is, right? Yeah. That's how God speaks to us. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the virtues are just characteristics of Christ. And when I want to be like him, I go and spend time with him. What? Do you have anything else to add? Oh, no, no. That was really good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Shukran very much, David, <laughs> for joining us. Shukran very much. Um, yeah, God <laughs> bless everybody and, and be willing to 
may everyone be willing to struggle in prayer because it's all that we honestly have, right? I'll just end with this. Abu Nubshoi Kamil, the great saint, says that people don't need to hear about Christ anymore. Everyone wants to give talks. Everyone wants to preach. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to have us like be in the spotlight, right? People don't need to, everyone knows who he is. We don't need to hear about God anymore, right? People don't need to hear about Christ. They need to see Christ. They, we, need to, we need to live it, right? And I will never be able to do that. I'll never be like him if I don't go and spend time with him in prayer. Shukran very much, David. And shukran very much to all of you beautiful friends who tuned in and listened. Please follow us on all of our social media sites, which you can find in the show notes, to either receive updates or send in questions. Or you can visit our website, which is also in the show notes, to send in questions or even suggest topics. Shukran very much for listening, and we'll see you next week.